Hi, and welcome to the Mark McSee Supersonic Food Marketing Podcast. Every week, we will talk to the great, the good, and the legendary from the worlds of food, drink, marketing, and business to help give you the advice that will really help your brand boom. A huge thanks to our headline sponsors, the award-winning Engage Interactive. Engage Interactive have been helping hospitality businesses like yours prepare for a mobile and digital first world since 2007. From Supersonic Inc., this is the Mark McSee Supersonic Marketing Podcast. So you join me today and it's another sunny day down in Brighton, but I wonder how many more we're going to have before the nights start drawing in. Hopefully that doesn't happen too quickly and obviously all eyes on Christmas and we're hoping that we'll be free again to have some great times with all of our friends and family. So joining me on this episode, and we did talk about the other, other C word, Christmas, is a great marketer, Kieran Quinn, who is the marketing director of Premium and Urban Pubs at Green King. I woke up really excited this morning knowing that I had this podcast to record because I really like getting my geek on and talking to a fellow marketer and really getting down into the detail of marketing, marketing strategy, pulling apart approaches, management styles, and how it works, because actually running a team for someone like Green King is a huge deal, and it's all to play for there, and you can really make your mark on the world and the industry. And some stats we were talking about on the podcast were things like the app has been downloaded 2.4 million times. I mean, that is household name stuff, so really amazing. So we run through a few things. We talk about how Green King have handled COVID. We talk about the other, other C word, as I said. And it's really thinking about Christmas in terms of what will the messaging be when everything's moving so fast. We're really uncertain what's going to happen. So fingers crossed that there's a few adaptability measures in there for the output of the campaign. We also talk about how Kieran got into marketing and it was really un not unlike mine. So I was really excited to chat about that because I sort of fell into it in some ways as well, but knew that that's what I wanted to do eventually. So it was really exciting to talk to someone that had the same experience. So we talk about marketing strategy, we talk about marketing execution, and it's just great to talk to someone who really knows their stuff. We also talk about my three favorite things in life, beer, radio, specifically Radio X, and 90s indie bands, The Charlatans, and Ocean Colour Scene. So it gives me the most marketing genius pleasure ever to be joined today by Kieran Quinn, who is the marketing director of Premium and Urban Pubs for Green King. What a mouthful. Hello. Hi there, Mark. How are you doing? I'm great, thank you. That was a lovely intro. Marketing genius. There you go. That's all right. You can have that for free. <laughs> no worries. No worries. And you're at home today? I am, yeah. I'm working from home this morning um, and I'll be going out into trade into London this afternoon. And you were saying you've got a new addition to the family for lockdown? I have indeed, yeah. So uh, my husband bought me uh, a lovely Cavapoo puppy uh, for my 40th, which uh, I celebrated in lockdown. Okay, I uh, put That's great. He did indeed, yeah. So uh, we've been having great, great, great fun with him, and uh, yeah, named him Boris for <laughs> obvious reasons because he's got great hair, uh, great yeah, 
so so yeah it's been it's been good having him around excellent oh, no i think i think that's what a lot of people have done just for the 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 good sort of uh vibes in the brain and you know letting off all the all the good stuff and then also you know just having a, a bit of company and a purpose as well for a bit of exercise and getting out and about you know it's it's great i mean i've got a cat so that doesn't really help <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't take him out but yeah it's i think it's a really good thing so well let's start with the c word and not christmas and not the other one but covid i mean how's it gone for you you know being a marketing director and having teams and trade and you know how have you found it and, and how are you getting things done yeah, I mean, it's been really challenging, I think, for everyone, you know, adapting to a new world, um, you know, as a leader, as a, as a te- you know, I've got a team of seven people who, you know, are great. We've got a great working relationship. You know, you've got to motivate people, lead people. Um, you know, it has been tough. You know, the business has adapted to a new world. Um, you know, safety is really important, um, not only for, you know, customers, but the teams that are out there, you know, who have kind of gone through rigorous training um, to open the pubs back safely, you know, welcome guests back. But, um, but it's been really challenging um, for everyone, you know, adapting to this new world. And it is still, you know, it's still very um it's still very challenging and, and things are changing, you know, every day. And uh, yeah, it's been tough. Um, but at the same time, you know, really rewarding as well. You know, it's, it's, it's given me new sets of skills. You know, we've had to adapt the business. Um, but yeah, it's, it's rewarding and challenging. Uh, and we're still going through, you know, still going through change. And how have you been sort of managing all the, the speeds, I suppose, of, of what's happening. So I guess you've got safety message, COVID-led stuff. You've got the business business initiatives that you, you know, were sort of committed to doing, you know, and things like big things like Christmas and, and all these things. And then maybe some larger projects as well. I mean, has, has COVID sort of wiped out a lot of the businesses usual in the bigger projects or are you managing to fit all things in? I think, yeah, we, I mean, for us, um, you know, we've still got new menus that are going out. We are still looking forward to Christmas. Um, I think this year, New Year's Eve is going to be, you know, the bigger, the bigger priority for us because, you know, if there's ever been a year that you want to see the back of, it will be New Year's, it will be this year. So, you know, New Year's Eve is going to be a big opportunity for us. So, so, you know, we're adapting, but also coming up with new initiatives as well. Um, you know, I think I think it's kind of it's almost you look at this year between now and Christmas, what can we do and and, and see where we are, you know, for next year. You, you know, you'd hope you would still have a great summer next year with sport. Hopefully, you know, we'll still have the Euros um, and some big key dates for us uh, next year. But yeah, I think it's kind of you take kind of shorter periods of time um, and adapt but still you know still go after those big opportunities um because you know customers consumers want to have a reason to celebrate as well you know it's been a tough year yeah and and what about the tech side of things so i I was really lucky i went to one of your pubs in um isla white yeah um and you know it was really set up brilliantly so you know, you went in, there was a lovely woman at the front door 
with the you know face visor on. It was all marked out. You know, felt very safe. Nice table outside. The app worked really, really well. Yeah. Um, you know what happened with all that? I mean, did you have an app? Did you have a lot of these guidelines sort of you know in your back pocket somewhere, or you know was it just a huge mountain to claim all that stuff? It was, yeah, it was a, so let's go to the app first. So we had the app running in parts of our business um, in uh, some of our brands, such as Hungry Horse. Um, and then during uh, lockdown, that still worked and actually accelerated plans. Um, there was always, you know, a plan in the longer term to roll it out across the business. Um but yeah, I guess with with teams still working, it was it was fast tracked, um, and the order and pay app now, you know, it's had over two point four million downloads. Um, mm. It's been uh, at times over the last couple of months the number one app for food and drink in the app store. Oh, wow. um, so you know, it's had real great success, and you know, a great job done by by all the team as well that was still working during lockdown. Um, so yeah, so so we had a plan, um, but it was accelerated given the circumstances. And then when it comes to pub safety, so we, um, so I was on furlough for four weeks um, originally, and then um, came back and with the rest of the marketing team that was there, created pub safe. It was always going to be important to us to make sure that customers felt safe when they returned um so yeah came up with the principles around you know hand sanitizers having a having a guest um having guests that are coming into our pubs greeted by a host um you know disposable menus were put in place so we kind of created this whole campaign which everyone bought into around pub safe mm-hmm. um and you know, and when then we had when the teams came back off furlough, you know, they had sort of two to three weeks training on all the new safety measures that we were putting in place. Um, and it's gone down really well. And we know we're continuously training people as well as as, as the world is, you know, is, as new regulations come out from the government. But all of that work was done during, you know, during lockdown. And are you responsible for some of the other brands not just green king pubs or is it just green king pubs i i'm solely responsible for um, premium and urban pubs uh, green king pubs yeah because i was just thinking i saw a really good news hit the other day for hungry horse with its breakfast price it is yeah so yeah. Uh, i think you can get breakfast now i think it's one pound 65 yeah it went it went it was really well timed right because what happened was um you know, people have been looking for new ways to innovate out of you to help out. And I, Pret came out the traps brilliantly with a coffee subscription, which I still think is genius. Yeah, I and love it. Then followed with a discounted, or, you know, a less a price is £15, but I think you maybe have to buy an item per coffee. Um, but then, you know, in my all over my Facebook feed and my Twitter feed was about Hungry Horses Breakfast. It's just... You know, it's, it, you know the, the team there must have been overjoyed to get that much, you know, press coverage out of that. I think that was quite a cool thing. I think they are. Yeah, they are certainly delighted. And, you know, it's a, it's a big occasion, um, breakfast. It's grown massively. Um, and, you know, with more people now working from home, um, for those sorts, you know, for those businesses in the community, it's it's another reason to kind of go to the pub in the morning, especially now the kids have gone back to school and it's a great price, great value um, and yeah, and good quality. 
No, I thought that was really cool. From Supersonic Inc., this is the Mark McSee Supersonic Marketing Podcast. Hey, it's Sam Brown here from Toggle. You may have already seen some of the work we do in partnership with the likes of Rose's Tie, The Alchemist, Yummy Pubs, Coat, and thousands of other locations. Toggle allows you to sell gift cards, experiences, promotions, and even retail products online and in your venues. There's no contract, so you can use it however suits you best. With Black Friday and Christmas approaching at the end of such a tough year, we wanted to make Toggle accessible to everyone risk-free. So the first £1,000 worth of gift card sales is now on us. No charge. Just visit usetoggle.com to learn more. And then just sort of going back, you know, talking about you then. So what was your background to sort of get to this stage? And, you know, how did you get started in marketing? What happened there? I was actually thinking about this um, over the last couple of days in, in preparation to sp- in speaking to you. So, yeah, I couldn't quite, quite believe it, but I've been in the industry now for 18 years um, and kind of, yeah, a, a lot's happened along the way. Um, so how I kind of initially got into marketing was, um, I think it kind of takes me back to when I was 16. Um, so my Saturday job was working in Topshop. You know, it was a great, it's a great retailer. Um, and I just loved, um, you know, looking at uh, merchandising, um, making sure the shop floor looked good, um, making sure the business was really attractive from the outside to attract people to come in and spend their money with us. Um, you know, and the clothes were sort of at the forefront of fashion then, not as we know it now with, you know, sort of online businesses. Um but I just loved um, sort of being in that thriving atmosphere with younger people. And my Saturday, jo- Saturday job kind of led me wanting to do a business degree. So, uh, yeah, I went to university, did a business degree, and I specialized in marketing. And I loved modules such as consumer behavior, um, you know, sort of advertising. Um, and I kind of knew from them very early on that's where I wanted to be. Um, and then uh, during my time at university, one of my, one of my uh, great fun sort of love of life was, you know, dancing. So, you know, as everyone does whilst at university, uh, went to a nightclub um, and it was a place to be seen um, every sort of Wednesday and Friday night. Um, and I kind of went to this nightclub with my friends and then kind of one day just thought, actually, I'd love to work here. Um, so that kind of led me into looking after uh, being responsible and managing their um, VIP bar at the time. This was a nightclub. It's not even there anymore in, in Enfield. Um, and yeah, I got a job there and managed that bar and kind of started to see, um, you know, just again, it was that whole atmosphere. It was music. It was trying to watch what people were drinking. Um, I was quite glad I was on that side of the bar um, and actually, uh, yeah, yeah just you know still people have a great time um yeah and that was kind of I think that sort of definitely kind of led me to wanting to be in an industry that was really vibrant really um had a great atmosphere and and, you know and drink um just yeah just just kind of it was great product really so diverse great um categories as well so that was my kind of initial initial buzz for the industry 
And then funnily enough, um, I came out with my, uh, finished my university degree and it was tough times uh, getting my first job. Um, No one ever kind of prepares you for when you finish university. You kind of have all these plans. I don't know how about, don't know about you, Mark, but you have all these plans sort of up until university. And then it's kind of, what do I do now? How do I get a job? Um, So, yeah, so I, after sort of six months of looking for the right role, um, I had this job offer, which was from um, uh, Tooting, at so George's Hospital in Tooting. It was working in HR. And I was kind of desperate at the time. Um, and I thought, OK, well, it seems like good money. I covered HR uh, within my business degree. So I kind of went for the job. Um, luckily enough, secured it. And on my first day, I kind of uh, was given a whole pile of CVs um, to go through and sift through and kind of recruit new doctors, pediatricians um, for these various roles. And I kind of just looked at the room that I was sitting in and kind of thought, no, this isn't, this isn't for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the end of the day, um, I got a phone call from a recruiter and uh, they said, uh, Fuller's are looking for a marketing exec. Um, would you be interested? And I was like, oh, God, you know, I'm just my first day in this new job. Um, But I just knew then this isn't where I wanted to be. So I kind of said to the recruiter, get me the interview. And I and I said to uh, my manager, my yeah, after my first day was I'm really sorry. I don't I don't want to waste your time. And I don't you know, I don't want to waste my time either. But this isn't really the right role for me. And then, um, yeah, the next morning, didn't really have much money because I'd been uh, yeah broke for the last six months um I had I think 20 I always remember this story um I um had the 20 pounds in my pocket and I basically went into central London got on a tube and uh spent the whole of Tuesday going around the various different Fuller's pubs I spoke to customers um I asked them why they came into the business I looked at uh, the food menus I looked at the drinks range and I spoke to the team members as well as to why they'd worked there what was the best thing about those businesses um and then yeah prepared for my interview on Wednesday and then uh yeah went into Fuller's and uh, that was how my career really kind of started and I and I spent nine years at Fuller's loved it and what did you sort of learn there or see there as you were going in because you know I know Fuller's well you know that was sort of my first client when I started agency side and started one agency yeah I thought it was just a wonderful business but going in and, and coming out at the other end you know what were the what were the big things do you think that you noticed and learned I learned I learned so much um, at Fuller's you know I, I was there for nine years and you know originally when I started in the business um, you could smoke in pubs mm-hmm. you know you, food wasn't a really big part of the business then you know um, I saw the smoking ban being introduced so I went off uh, you know worked with Elton Mooner who's a wonderful guy and he likes of Simon Emony and, and Jonathan Swain um, but you know, I, I went to Cork because that was the first uh, first city where the smoking ban was introduced, and did a lot of research to bring back to the business. Um, and then, yeah, just you know, food became more important, um, you know, more important part of the business. Females, you know, back when I first joined, 
you know it was a very you know pubs were very male orientated you know it was it was more they were more drinking dens so uh, you know and families became a bigger part of our business and digital's evolved so much as well you know when I first started um it was all about you know, leaflets and, and trying to attract, you know, guests through, you know, newspaper advertising. Then, you know, throughout my time, email was very important, you know, writing that first email and the subject line. And now look where we are, um, you know, social media, etc. So the world, the world of digital has evolved so much. Um, and during my time as well, you know, we Fullers, we at the time acquired Gales, um, the Hampshire Hampshire Brewery and that taught me so much about integrating a new business um, learning about different food um, credentials food menus as well because uh, you know originally you know Fuller's was a, a London business but you know here we were thriving out into the likes of Hampshire and, and different different customers different age demographics um, so yeah I, I learned so much within that business. Did you have a favorite Fuller's pub? Oh dear, that that I always try and do this now as well when I'm at Green King thinking which is my favourite pub. Um oh dear, there were so many. Um I think the, one of the last projects I worked on was the parcel yard in King's oh, Cross. Yeah. And I still have a, a great fond memory of you know putting the proposition together for for that. But there were some great businesses like the ship in uh, Haver, you know, the Gun Wharf Keys, old customs house, the Stillham West. Yeah, I, you know, I still visit those businesses. Um, yeah, that's where I started my career. And I still have a, a great fondness for my time there. I really like the Wickham Arms. The Wickham Arms in Winchester. Oh, yes. How could I forget the Wickham? Yeah, that's one of my favourites. Just We were doing some training years ago. Um, oh, no, we were going on a, a visit because we were taking on the food project to try and make Fuller's famous for food. And we were going to the outings and all that. Yeah. And uh, we got to stay there. And whatever happened with the rooms, um, I ended up getting, you know, roll-top bath, four-poster bed. You know? Oh, lovely. I like, oh, I was like, this is just the best thing I've ever like, So, so lovely. I can't, I can't forget the church alarms either, actually. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a stunning business, just you know, wonderful. in Kensington. It's wonderful. And it's always had um, a great person who's the mine host running that business. Um so, yeah, the church alarms as well has to be one of my favourites. Oh, definitely. And one of the most snapped on social as well, isn't it? You know, the, it is. The exterior Christmas. goes a bit mad. And, it does. And, and then after that then, so was it sort of challenge over looking for something new? What sort of happened there then? So um, I've always just looked for bigger projects um, you know, so you know, spend a long time at Fuller's, and every year it was just a, a you know a bigger remit, bigger project. Um, you know, and working with someone like Elton Mooner, who's very creative, mm. um, you know, it just gave me so much exposure within that business. Um, and then it just came to a time where I, I I was kind of yeah gifted with two opportunities. One was um, to work with M and B. Um, to look after Nicholson's at the time and then the other opportunity was with Green King um, and at that time they originally had they had kind of recently brought um, real pubs in capital 
So there's a kind of real um, need for someone who knew London to kind of help with that strategy, but also to, yeah, to look after their business in London and, and move that offer on. And I think I always had a real great passion for, for beer, you know, Fuller's being a regional brewer, you know, I had some great um, work that I did with a beer company there on, you know, on London Pride and uh, organic honeydew. So I think my, my heart was with Green King, given the fact that they were also a regional brewer. And I wanted to kind of, yeah, take everything that I've learned and kind of see if I could do it somewhere else and, and somewhere bigger as well. And when you went in, you know, what were the objectives set and you know how did you approach the job I mean did you go in as marketing director or was it another position first no so I started off as a marketing manager so I yeah a marketing manager looking after a group of businesses called premium um premium pubs and the majority of those were in central London but another another city centers as well such as Oxford and Cambridge so um, a third of the business was in it was in London, um, and the remit there was just to you know move on the food and drink offer. Um, there was going to be a time where they started to invest in their pubs um, more than they had done previously, um, and there was a real shift at the time um, from Rooney that um, you know the new people coming into the business. Um, from operations so Karen Bosher joined the team um, and yeah there was a real kind of shift and a want from Rooney to, to move 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 the offer on and move the business on. And moving the business on meant was it into rooms and food and things like that? It was it was more um, so for, for my remit it was more about um, the drinks range, the environment, the um, food offer. Food obviously became a bigger part of my uh, remit at my time at Fuller's. So it's almost kind of to look at our menus and, and move on um, the range, um, the quality, uh, look at pricing. Um, and yeah, it was, it was almost a whole proposition really in terms of these sort of city centre high street businesses. And when you you know, made the jump up to marketing director, then, you know, you're setting the agenda in a yeah. lot of ways. And, you know, you're sort of working out what you want to achieve the next year, you know, in, in line with the business. When you're doing that, you know, a lot of people, you know, have, have fed back when they're listening to these interviews, they're really fascinated by someone's style and how they approach things and what you do do, what you don't do, how you manage teams, you know, all these kind of things. So, how did you approach it? You know, sort of day one, blank sheet of paper, right, here's here's what I'm going to do. How, how did you go about that? Well, it's been really interesting because my my um, my role as marketing director has actually started literally a few months ago. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I've, I've, I've been in the role since, I think it's been July the 1st. Um, and again, it, it's a new world now, you know, it's, it's, you know, had I been marketing director probably six months ago, the city centre pubs were thriving. It was all about tourism. It was about, you know, kind of creating campaigns around London life. And, you know, I've got pubs in Edinburgh around the Fringe Festival. Um, so, yeah, so my, I've, I'm, I'm new in the job now and the world's changed. Um, 
so right about now it's kind of right okay let's 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 see where we get to by the end of this year let's create some great campaigns however let's see how let's see how the world's evolved so you know we've seen from all our insights that the younger consumers are coming back returning back to pubs much quicker than uh, um than previously you know than our older customers uh, we've got new customers coming with into the business we haven't you know tourism is 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 non-existent when it comes to you know international or international um tourism but now it's about more about domestic tourism um it's kind of right let's let's see what the short-term strategy is and then let's look into the next two years and five years um but yeah it's kind of I think one of the key things for me is about my team. So my team, you know, we're a real diverse group of people. Uh, I've got, you know, I've got a great team that, you know, are always out in in pubs, out in trade. Um, And they're a young, dynamic team as well that kind of teach me things as well when it comes to TikTok, Instagram, how we talk to new customers. so yeah, so it, my team's really important, and I think right now it's a short-term strategy which is our priority. And then I think in the in the new year we'll we'll we'll, we'll focus on the bigger picture. I think that seems right. You know, certainly as a supplier to the industry, that's what I'm sort of guessing or seeing, which is I think people are sort of surviving. Yeah. Um, you know, and 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 not making do, but they're they're maximising internal and just getting as as good a result as they can yeah until christmas hi alex from engage here and thanks for tuning in to the supersonic marketing podcast each week we'll be bringing you a great tip to supercharge your own digital marketing and this week's comes from shri our head of seo who gives his expert insight into making the best first impression a lot of time goes into creating killer brands with impactful messaging but are your customers seeing it in search What do people see when they search for your brand on Google? Ideally, they see a title that has an impactful message, perhaps highlighting your core offering or a seasonal promotion. Next, the description should expand on this title and include an encouraging call to action for users. Poorly optimized homepages, including having homepage in the title, or even worse, Google using your cookie banner as the description, simply because nothing else is defined. Remember, your homepage doesn't necessarily need to be keyword optimized like location and service pages. Since a lot of traffic it receives will be brand-based, we recommend you highlight this information. If you need help getting your brand more visible online and the edge on your competition, then simply head over to engageinteractive.co.uk forward slash podcast, where you can see how we've helped some of the UK's most ambitious and successful hospitality brands with their own high-performance digital marketing strategies. Cheers, and enjoy the rest of the episode. There's a question for you. In your Christmas campaign, have you got two lines? Have you got one that says, now that we're all back together, and one that says, you know, missing you or whatever? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it's almost like being the president. You've got, you know, you've got to win, you've got to write a winning speech and a losing speech. Just oh dear! Well, we, you know, our Christmas campaign. I, mean, I love our Christmas campaign this year. So within our, you know, with, within the pubs that I look after, we've got. Um, 
we've got some real great sort of heritage businesses, um, pubs such as the George and Southwark and the Anchor, and their campaign is all around glorious Christmas get together, you know, kind of reuniting with friends and families, family that you haven't seen uh, over the last uh, last year and, and kind of, you know, your friends or your or your work colleagues, you know, so that's what we're aspiring we're still we yeah, we're still championing that and it's it's got a real sort of Charles Dickens sort of Charles Dickens theme uh, and we've got in touch with his um great great granddaughter who's going to be doing some virtual readings from it from you know his books so we've got a really nice Christmas campaign and I think um yeah we haven't got the sort of missing you and I'm I'm I'm, I'm going to be still hopeful and that it's still going to be a good Christmas uh, and and yeah God do we need it yeah well, I, I think, um, you know, just for the Christmas side of things, you know, everyone is hoping that Christmas will, will be, you know, six weeks of good, potentially. Um, and then get into the new year, it does feel a little bit, you know, sort of go big or, or go bust um, in a lot of ways where I think a lot of people are are almost going to sort of wake up in January and go, right, as you say, you know, that's that year done, you know, glad to see the back of that year, what next? Um, so it is going to be really interesting to see what people do because, you know, I think talking to Yummy Pubs, you know, the other week, you know, I think Tim there talked about us all having, you know, three, four, five, six winters. Yeah. You know, which is, uh, you know, a scary thought. So no, it's, but I'm encouraged, you know, if, you know, been out to the pub a few times and, and things seem okay. I, I would say though, like, some of the pubs that you go to where literally nothing has changed. Right. That uh, that feels a little bit... I, I think you don't want overkill either. You know, you don't want it to look like a laboratory, you know, in some sort yeah. of movie or something like that. But I think at the same time, there's a few places I've been that doesn't really seem that much different. And I, and I wonder, you know, thinking about the pillars for success, you know, I was thinking about this the other day, and I saw, I think it's maybe Will at Hawksmoor talking about it. And safety is straight out the box, definitely. Quality's next. It is, yeah. But then I, I think there's got to be something around, you know, craveability. So there's a, a lot of brands that are forgetting to show why they're so craveable. And yeah. In, in the first place, and they've, they've went too far on yeah. the, the COVID thing. So, you know, there's definitely a, a balance to be had there. You know, it's a, it's a real tricky one, but like, yeah, there is. I mean, you're right. There is. There is definitely a balance. I mean, like one in four customers still haven't returned, and some of the stuff that we're doing is to is to you know create video campaigns to reassure them that the pub, you know, the pub is is there. We we've got all the safety measures in place. You know, to your point, one of the key decisions we made so that the pub doesn't feel clinical was around. You know, if the teams wanted to wear masks, the visors. You know, we've had great feedback from the teams that the visors, you still you still get that warmth from someone, you still greeted by that great yeah. smile. Yeah. Um so yeah, so from from all the insights that we get from our team, um, every period is safety is the number one priority for guests that are returning back 
um, into the pub and visiting us, but also for consumers that, who haven't returned to the pub, that's the number one priority. And we, we know we've created some video campaigns to to reach to kind of send the message out there and on social media that the pub is safe. Yeah. And, um, and to your point, for pubs not looking so clinical, um, you know, the first thing that we did was talk to our teams and, and see what they co- felt comfortable with when it came to a mask or a visor. And, you know, nine times out of 10, the team felt the visor was was great. And I think it's it's really important when you go into a pub, you know, you, you are greeted by that sort of warmth and that, you know, smile from a person because that's, you know, that's 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 really important. So. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's really important to look at the insights. And it is definitely right now something that we are, you know, we are putting first, which is safety, but also making sure we've got a great atmosphere. Well, it's a big thing. You know, I, I always end up name checking them because it's my favourite wee pub locally. But we've got a wee micro pub. Uh, it's not quite a micro brewery, but, you know, it's a micro sort of craft pub um, yeah. just next to me in Brighton. And um, they've done enough, I think, you know, and what they've done brilliantly. I mean, they don't have an app. They've just decided not to have it, but they'll come to you. Um, but something I sent them I thought was a great idea. You know those... Um, pop-up banners that you get at um, exhibitions that say, oh, yeah. you know, the, the cassette roll things. Yeah. Um, the, the businesses that do that have turned them into clear ones. Okay. So you so it looks a bit haphazard and, and makeshift, but they got yeah. a bunch of those between the tables, which is fine. They yeah. face masks, so, you know, all of the jokes about, you know, Niall's bad breath and all the rest of it, we do all that. Yeah. But, um, but it, it's, you know, and I think you're right. I think versus having the face mask is, you know, face masks are the new novelty tie or novelty socks, aren't they? Um, but yeah. you know, from that perspective, I think it is just just a little bit of warmth and, and you know, you do you do feel safer with it. You know, I think it's a much better idea um, to, to do it that way. I'll tell you another one as well. Um, I saw on social the other night, there's a great pub, I think it won Pub of the Year a couple of years back, called The Bull in Ditchling. Okay. And... Um, it, it's up near, I think Zoe Ball lives up there and, and Dame Vera Lynn used to live there. Nice, yeah, around, around your there. area. Aye, and uh, you want to see the perspex they've got. You can't even see it. It's, no? So the way, well, certainly the way they've shot it, um, be a murder to keep clean, I think, you know, but basically they've they've done it bar to ceiling, like, but so well fitted. Yeah. You would just hardly notice it was there. It was, you know, and I'm sure it cost a lot of money, but it looks amazing, you know, it really looks the part, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's a tough one. I mean, it's it's trying to get the staff to, you know, to adhere to it. I mean, when I was in Isla White, they had the the perspex, you know, in front of the screen in, in another pub in the high street in, in one of the places. Yeah. Not, not a green cake, I must say. But, um, I've seen some genius ideas, you know, over the summer, you know, a lot more, um, especially our, uh, well, lots of pubs that I know and, and pubs in our business as well you know they've been genius in terms of turning you know the car parks into sort of um you know more sort of outdoor space I've seen this yeah. sort of marquees go up as well to make you know people feel comfortable sitting outside um and I think more and more pub companies will start to look at their outside you know investments in garden spaces and see how they can kind of make them sort of where the sort of spaces throughout the year yeah. as well so yeah. I think I think it has led 
to people being creative as well yeah. um as well as you know i know there's loads of safety measures but you know people have, have started to kind of, sort of think out the box and think actually what else can we do with our space what else can we do to make our teams feel safe and guest safe yeah. um how can we make service quicker etc so i think a lot of people have have been creative and that's good as well good well i mean we've talked a lot about, about covid and safety and, and things like that just the, the last thing i was going to ask you on that and then we do have some other questions that gabby will kill me if i don't ask is um you know just about multi distribution so you know things like e-commerce retail um you know amazon shops delivery takeaway you know all that stuff you know how how's all that been going for you if if it's been going yeah so um the brewery has um not stopped producing beer during lockdown so you know e-commerce and 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 people buying online has has uh, has been a great a great you know space for us to to sell our beers when the pubs were shut delivery and takeaway have have been two other big projects that the team during lockdown have worked on um so you know we're the biggest takeaway company now all, all of our pubs are uh, selling takeaway mm-hmm. so uh, people can take away their fish and chips burgers um and that's and that's been you know we've had a huge success with that you know some of our pubs are on deliveroo and we're still learning about you know sort of deliveroo uh, and you know justy etc um but it's you know they they're that's the way of the world i see it with my own family and my own friends you know deliveroo has has just been phenomenal and i think i think the whole lockdown period in covid has just accelerated um some of the decisions that we wanted to make around going onto these sort of um channels and uh, yeah we're we're learning um and uh, and i think i think they, i think these these are going to be around now you know let's let's face it people are eating in different in different ways different times um and uh, i think i think they're just different income streams that we're, we're going to be a part of yeah and we, you know, we're exploring dark kitchens as well yeah yeah I, I think it's just you know exploring all the the avenues you know for you to have that you know sort of multi approach and, and actually when i was talking earlier about being safe, quality, and craveable. The the other one is, you know, you need to be available. Yeah. To people, you know, and it's how how do they, you know, it's almost cream egg, you know, how do you eat yours? It's, you know, from that point of view, it's you, you know, the smarter businesses, at least, you know, you don't have to because no one has to do anything. But the smarter businesses are, you know, anytime, any place, anywhere, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever you want, I'm I'm here. Yeah. So that's that's great, Tim. Congratulations on the on the, the takeaway side of things and the pub shop side of things. That was a big, big initiative. So brilliant, brilliant. It has. From Supersonic Inc., this is the Mark McSee Supersonic Marketing Podcast. The Mark McSee Supersonic Food Marketing Podcast is also brought to you by BDO, the trusted accountancy and advisory firm. As the finance experts in hospitality, BDO have the experience and the insight to provide solid foundations for your business's future growth. BDO really are the go-to team to help your hospitality business succeed. If you're in need of a dedicated transactional team bolstered with corporate finance, audit and tax services, talk to BDO, who've got the right expertise, knowledge and experience to drive your restaurant or bars business throughout their full life cycle. 
As thought leaders across the sector, BDO offers commercial and technical updates specifically tailored to restaurants and bars, including their annual hospitality reports. BDO also have a well-established network in the industry that spans across finance directors, suppliers and advisors, and they are always willing to use this to their clients and their contacts' advantage. Get in touch today at bdo.co.uk to chat about how they can help take your hospitality business to the top. And please say that I sent you. Gabby's questions or I'm a dead man. So okay. <laughs> so um Green Kick, so you know, obviously you've done some great things. So my favorite radio station in the world, for better or for worse, is Radio X. I'm stuck in yeah. the 90s somewhere. I've got an 80s radio show myself and an 80s podcast and all that. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm an indie kid with Doc Martens and eyeliner and all the rest of it. Um yeah. so you you've done quite a lot with those guys you know were you personally involved in that or did you see it working you know across the business you know how, how did all that come about because it was a very famous campaign I, you know I look back on this with such um uh admiration for what we achieved especially now given where we are in sort of this new world but 2017 was just such a big year for us so um yeah the idea I was definitely involved with it Mark um yeah. And uh, so the idea, literally, my husband and I were in a pub on a, on a Sunday, I think it was bank holiday weekend, uh-huh. and uh, we'd gone for a nice Sunday roast, and uh, we were sitting there, and, um, and they were doing something, not only serving Sunday roast, but they were doing a barbecue outside. Mm-hmm. And then about an hour later, this guy walked in, and he pulled out a sort of trestle table, and he pulled out his sort of um sort of little sort of dj sort of turntable and he just started to sort of play one record after another and it was all about reggae music mm-hmm. and i looked around me and i i ended up staying there for another couple of hours we called our friends and said look you've got to come down it's such a great atmosphere and the pub was busy and it was it had such a diverse sort of diverse group of customers in there you had you know older older people having a great time you had families in there um and I looked around and I kind of just thought this is just great this is what a pub's about you know you've got great music you've got great food and great drinks and most importantly the pub was really busy and people were having a great time and I kind of went away and um I had um, some new people join in my team and I said, look, I want to create something which, you know, has a huge amount of scale, but also teams and managers and um, teams in the pubs will be passionate about kind of getting on board with because who, you know, music goes through different generations. Who doesn't love music? Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so, yeah, I, I asked one of my teams, Steph at the time to, to call a few companies and, uh, I think on that list, um, she had uh, Spotify on there to try and do a sort of collaboration with them and Radio X. I think it was Global um, who kind of own Radio X, Capital and Heart. And I said, look, let's just try and see if we can speak to someone who wants to do a partnership, uh, a collaboration. And let's see where the conversation goes. And yeah, I mean, they got in contact. Um, they, yeah, Steph contacted them. We got a meeting in the diary. And um 
it was just um this was back in sort of november time so i think we had the euros in 2016 so we were almost looking at what campaign what kind of what we were what were we going to do the following year to kind of mitigate sales and yeah we had the meeting and um it was just a really great collaboration of a group of people who wanted to just create great times within the business so I think one of the things that were re- was really important to us that whatever we did had to be authentic. You know, we wanted to create demand. Uh, we wanted to create really compelling visit and um, compelling reasons to visit our businesses. Mm-hmm. And that's where, uh, yeah, the summer of sound was formed. So um, Chris Moyles and uh, Dominic Burns collaborated with our head brewer, Ross, uh, and came to the brewery and, and it was authentic. You know, they were involved with the ingredients. They were involved with the brewing process. Um, and then they were involved with the design of the pump clip. So they, you know, we named it Amplified for obvious reasons. Um, with the you know sort of link back to the radio show um and it just yeah it just it was phenomenal you know in the end i think we sold um i think it was 1.4 million pounds worth of beer um and we sold over a 12 week period 500 pints of of amplified um so yeah we had the beer um amplified so that was one part of it a part of that campaign the second part was around doing the first uh, live quiz on the radio and it's and streaming it into into 800 pubs and we did that with Peter Crouch um, who's a you know he's a he's a big fan of uh, rock music and he kind of led the questions and then sort of in the run-up to that big night we had um we had sort of music quizzes taking place each week for each pub to find their their super quiz team to kind of compete um, on the night to win uh, £2,000. And it was just really, really good. You know, we, we never really kind of did something of that scale and, and with a radio partner who wanted to kind of you know just create something really special and and it was it was great I remember Peter Crouch ringing the shaky in Sheffield to tell them that they had won um, so that was really good and then the third part which was my favorite part was was um, yeah live at your local so um, yeah all our pubs took part in in sort of an eight-week music talent search in their businesses of finding, you know, their favourite music band or solo artists. Um, and then we had, um, once the pub had found their, their, their sort of... Um, their sort of winner we then had 20 regional heats around the country um which kind of culminated into a final which was at the o2 indigo and the headline act was Razorlight. and then we had these great final 10 um winners from all the regionals who then competed on an online vote sorry i missed that part out Um, and yeah and then kind of competed at the at the o2 but it was just it was just so great. I mean, the team and I were out supporting all the pubs as well. And I saw some great heats in Southampton, in London. I think there was one pub, which was the Assembly House, who uh, who had one of the X Factor finalists. Um, I think it was Kevin Davy who kind of, who was, who, who competed in their pub. And then the next year he was on X Factor. It was just great. And, I, and the thing that I learned there was this really great combination of just events experiences you know music food um 
yeah it was it was these wonderful experiences that we were creating and yes it was around music but you know it was different genres of music and a lot of younger consumers who hadn't been into into pubs um were coming out and saying oh you know I, I loved it what a great event and it was just something that just really it was a great collaboration and um yeah one where we the ambition at the start was always to to make sure we gave customers a great time and to drive footfall and sales obviously but I think for us you know we won a media week award for that campaign um and that kind of really celebrated everything around experiences and collaborations which was just really good I think it was um it stood out you know like in the past I don't remember many pub groups at all you know being that brave or or that unobvious you know so it really really stood out to me and it felt like you know you were exploring a target market that you might not be first choice for you know in a yeah. lot of ways. and it's uh made you relevant and made you connect with them and 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 actually you know embraced a new bunch of people and i yeah. think and what about did you manage to spend some time with chris Moyles and dominic Bum? Yeah, so when they came to the brewery, um, I was there. Um, Yeah, I mean, they were very much part of the idea generation. And um, we also did work with Johnny Vaughan on his Drive Time show as well. So he did um, two of his shows um, from outside broadcast. So we had um, his show um, air from one of our pubs, um, The King's Ransom in Manchester. And then we had another broadcast from uh, The Anchor at Bankside and we at each of those after his show he had uh, the charlatans play and ocean color scene play as well and it was kind of this again I think you're right you know we we were targeting younger consumers even though we probably never knew it at the time it was it was about making the pubs relevant and for the bands as well you know that's where they started their journeys um you know the pub has been the great institution for many bands um and you know singers and artists so it was just really authentic and it was bringing music back to the heart of where it originated and it was something that just brought young and old back um just yeah having having great times and the teams loved it as well you know all of us as a business we all got behind it it was just great to see all the pubs really busy and great get, get such, such great feedback well, I'll ask you later, like off mic, how much the charlatans and ocean colour scene cost. Um, that would be interesting to know. Oh but- yeah, <laughs> and I did. And before you ask, I did spend time with them as well. So yeah. Oh man, you're living my dream. What's <laughs> happened? You, yeah, I'm in a parallel. Tim Burgess is a great guy. He's amazing. He's so lovely. I went to see him uh, doing a solo gig uh, last year in Worthing. Yeah. You know, and yeah, he, he just had time for you. You know, and wasn't hugely busy but at the end you know you could buy some stuff and have a chat and get your photo taken and and actually he was in Brighton on Tuesday and he he posted a photo from the beach and then he was on the downs recording a video for his latest song and yeah so he was his presence was felt so yeah absolutely he's amazing cool. such down to, he's such a down-to-earth guy like yeah. I said he is he's just really cool he was nothing was too much for him he was taking pictures with everyone that night and just just in terms of measuring success because a lot of people struggle to do that well you know to make it meaningful you know what yeah. sort of big out you know takeouts from that 
the big, I mean, the big outtakes were, you know, some of the beer sales. I mean, I think it was one of the, it was the best sort of um, seasonal beers that we'd, we'd ever done. You know, we did five, hundred thousand pints over 12 weeks so you know it's in terms of sales we always look at i mean we raised so i think 20p from every beer was given to the radio x the global charity some um make some noise and we raised over 12 weeks 100k um so yeah, that was phenomenal website traffic you know the all the usual measures when it comes to website you know you reach on social media um, but then you look at the guest measures as well. You know, what are people saying about your brands, your pubs uh, online? Um, and, you know, some of the comments that people were saying, they, some of them, some people had never even been to that pub. So you look at your MPS scores as well, your service measures. Uh, we looked at the radar figures for radio, of course, you know, they were trying to attract new listeners. Um, but I think it was it, the biggest thing. It was around, you know, attracting those new customers. And for us to win, a, you know, for, for my team to win um, an immediate, a media week award for collaboration and partnership, definitely kind of, um, you know, for every marketer's dream is to win an award, especially a media week award. So that was, that was great. So in all, all fronts, it was a great success because, you know, it created, again, like I said, great reasons to visit. And people still talk about that campaign now. Um, you know, when's it coming back? Are you doing it this year? And, and you know, can we create, can we bring back Amplify? The amount of, um, yeah, customers that request Amplify to come back um, because it was a great beer um, for the summer. Um, yeah, you kind of, sometimes you don't have metrics for some of those some of the real heartfelt stuff that actually people had some great experiences in our pubs but you look at the usual metrics as well yeah I mean I, I think you're right I think there would be a real uptick in positive sentiment yeah the Green King um, brand for, for, for that side of things and you know moving on to well another music title but uh, you know this London Calling side of things you know trying to encourage people back you know yeah. lockdown um you know how how's that all going for you because it's so hard because you're not in control of it as such but you know you want to persuade people that it's safe to come back yeah so i mean london's calling we're creating a series of videos um for london's calling campaign which is basically to to show people um that one our pubs are safe you know we're we're, we're speaking to real consumers who are in our pub in our pubs and actually um trying to get from them as, as to you know how how they feel within the business you know people have missed um a, a real good point uh, people are still having celebrations so you know a-level students who are coming back into the businesses who are celebrating now going to university we're really talking to those consumers to reach out to other people and say look you know we're still here the pub is here and um, you know i can't i can't be reminiscent of eat out to help out has you know the government initiative has really helped some people come back into our pubs and it's been great for the industry to have that initiative and, and that's a great example of the government being you know quite creative um however you know we i think collaborations and partnerships are definitely um something that um you know without going into too much about what we're doing um so i want to leave that as a surprise yeah. um it's like collaborations partnerships are definitely something that we are working on um to, to to support our pubs especially especially london um 
because and we, and, you know, we need the government to help us as well. You know, people need to feel safe coming into London on the tube. Um, and yeah, I think partnerships, collaborations, more of that. And some of the campaigns like London's Calling is just reaching out to people who are in the suburbs, who haven't made it back in um, to the office yet, is, is that we're here, we're open, we're here, we're safe, and uh, they can still expect to see a great atmosphere. Nice. Well, I'm just thinking now, well, A, about time, because I don't want to keep you forever, mm-hmm. but I was thinking about local marketing, and I know yeah. that's something you're really passionate about, and you know, you do a great job, you know, championing the local pubs in the community and you give the the teams there, you know, local pub toolkits and things like that. So yeah. how does all that work, you know, when you're looking at sort of national stuff and then local stuff? What, what's the difference and what do you do there? I mean, we, we create the, the big campaigns and, you know, we, we've got great teams when it comes to looking at trends um, and on food and drink. So we kind of, you know, my team and I are responsible for that. But the, the main thing that makes a difference is the team within the business. You know, the first thing is, how are they going to create great experiences, great atmosphere so that customers keep coming back uh, and returning? So, you know, we encourage them to do sort of random acts of kindness. Um, and, you know, I remember trying to get some like little bottles of gin from uh, Diageo just so that we can say you know thank you for coming in and, and seeing us today and give me here's something for you to take away from the pub so random acts of kindness are really really nice we can support the businesses with that you know we would urge uh, managers and teams to to really sort of step outside their business take a look at the exterior and and see is it you know is it still attractive what does it say about um, people that might not know what you do so you know make sure your business tells people that you you know if you've got an, exter- an, an external space a garden or a um, you know a cocktail basement bar or a gym palace upstairs make sure people are aware of that so look at the exterior then, it, then it's about actually you know being part of your local community and by that I don't mean you know, just being in community areas about, you know, the George Southwark, you know, he's he's part of his community in Borough Market, the Southwark area, and, and make sure you know what's going on and the events that are going on. And, um, and you know, just be part of that. Same as the pubs in Oxford and Cambridge um, and Edinburgh, you know, our pubs are, are really busy when the Fringe Festival is on. And you know, it's just making sure you know what key calendar de- uh, dates and events are going on. And, and being really part of your local area, your community, so that you know you're you're working with other people to to bring people into the area and 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 make sure your pub's relevant for your guests. So, you know, a quiz night or a music event might not be relevant in uh, in the city, but it would be for for other pubs. So, knowing what is right for your your customers when it comes to events and activity that you're putting on for your customers you know talk to them see what they want and and then when you're marketing all of this stuff you know go to the chatter houses the hairdressers the local businesses the office blocks etc um and you know and we provide all the tools for that for, for for our managers and then i guess the key thing now is you know make sure you're making the right noises on social media whether it's your facebook page whether it's instagram whether it's tiktok you know it's just making sure you're you know where your guests are and actually you know where you're you know whoever else you're trying to attract into your business into your area then then make sure you're seen 
and make sure you, you know, you've got that airtime on on whatever channel you're on you know some, some of our pubs are having some you know some of our team members in our pubs are having a great time on tiktok you know they're showing the customer journey um from the outside in and and, and creating some really great music videos on there just to let customers know um that they're there and, and it necessarily isn't isn't the manager it's get your team involved you know my team are great on tiktok not what it's not something that i do but um However, you know, I'm, I'm learning. So it's always about, you know, find the strength and the skills within your own team. And uh, yeah, and just make sure you're making the right noises, especially on social media. Well, there's a lot of people sort of writing off TikTok, you know, just as being a, just like a step too far. And also, you know, it's not relevant for me and, and all the rest of it. But I saw Gymshark the other day. Yeah. Just have a, a great, you know, strategic thought on it. And they said, why are we doing TikTok? And the answer was, we want to connect with the digital natives of tomorrow. And it was just yeah. brilliant. You know, like that all of a sudden just gives you a North Star to say, this is what I'm doing it for. I think with TikTok, more than other social media channels, well, slightly more than other social media channels, you do need a little bit of a in or a strategy or a, a like, what's your real purpose on there? Is it going to yeah. be recipe videos? Is it going to be dancing? Is it going to be this? Is it going to be that? So it's, it's a little bit less forgiving in that way that you do have to make it entertaining, you know? It is. Yeah, it is. And, you know, it takes a long time. But I think, you know, when it comes to you know, lo- knowing your local market, I mean, obviously, we've got a digital strategy um where you know we've got a team that support us with that for for each of the brands um within our business but i think at a local level um it's great for the teams to have a bit of fun and we we give them guidelines as well um around it but i I definitely think you're right you do need to have certain guidelines but i think the bigger strategy is around yeah what are you using some of these channels for um yeah but i think at a local level it's yeah, it's it's great to be part of the team. The team are having fun, um, as well. Oh man, that brings me in a rash thinking about stuff. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I remember years ago, like when I was at you, uh, we let the team just do their own Twitter, right? And there was one yeah. guy in uh, Nottingham, and he was like using it to look for a girlfriend, look for a flat, you know, all these things. He was just like, ah. So yeah, I brought it all back in house. I was like, yeah bit of a brand Nazi. Um, yeah. So the, the last couple of things I was just going to ask you, and I always need to let you go, with yeah. some fun things, quick fire. So um, we call it Mark Out of 10, but it's just the things that are your your sort of favourite things. So yeah. best city to eat in? Oh, what a question. Um, so I've, I've eaten in a lot of great cities. However, I'm, I'm going to say London, because I am championing London. And I, and I, kind of said to my friends really I think this whole sort of lockdown and the challenges we're facing in city centres kind of makes you kind of be really appreciative and and you know my career is always spanned in looking after businesses in London you kind of don't necessarily appreciate actually what a great city it is and you know you've got some great restaurants and pubs and coffee shops 
that it's it's great for all different types of cuisine you know I, I one of some of my favorite Indian restaurants are in central London I love what places such as Dishum um, I love Lebanese food on Edgware Road <clears throat> my great sort of favorite Turkish restaurant is in uh, Angel uh, Mam and Laz and then you know you've got a great Sunday roast as well so I'm gonna I'm gonna say London um yeah London it's hard to beat it's hard to beat it is yeah you can always come back home and then favorite restaurant I'm not gonna go posh or poncy I'm gonna say I, I love the guys at Hawksmoor yeah um I love the way they've I love their food. I love their atmosphere. I love everything that they stand for. Um, so I'm going to say Hawksmoor. They'll be glad you didn't call them Porsche Ponzi. So that's. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh God, I should be should be careful there. But yeah, go, I hope, I'm, I'm I'm glad. I'm glad. I hope hopefully they're glad that yeah, good. <laughs> so then, uh, best dish. What's your favourite thing to eat in the world? Oh, at a restaurant. Uh, yeah, I was going to say I love my mum's Indian cooking, um, but at a restaurant. So you know, my background's Indian, so I've been brought up with a lot of Indian food at home. My dad runs three fish and chip shops, so that's kind of featured a lot in my life. Um, but I'm going to say I love a good Sunday roast. Yeah, and I think it's everything that it stands for. Yeah, you know, I mean. It's, I say it's easy to deliver, but, you know, I've had some really great experiences of Sunday roast, but I think it's that occasion as well, you know, just sitting down at the end of a long week with your family or your friends or your loved ones, whether that's, you know, at two o'clock or six o'clock or eight o'clock now, you know, people's Sunday roast times vary, but it's just that occasion because I think it's the one time that I actually get to sit down with my loved ones and just think, oh, this is great. So I'm going to say Sunday roast and it tastes good as well. Nice. I'm quite good at it, and in a restaurant, there's a few good places that do a good Sunday roast. What's your What's your best not well not Green King? So what's your best not Green King pub? Oh, okay. Or, or restaurant? Yeah, okay. So, um, okay, if it's not Green King, then I can I narrow it down to two. Yep. Okay, so um, my husband's from Birmingham, and uh, luckily, um, we sp- we spend quite some time in in Birmingham as well it's got a great scene you know with Digbeth Dining Club there and great pub scene as well it's really kind of thriving and Disham one of my other favorite restaurants have just moved there as well yeah. um but my favorite pub has to be the Plough in Harborn mm-hmm. I don't know if you do you know it no no okay so it just has this it's got this great uh, manager it's, it's um it's a tenancy and He's what he's done with that business is just phenomenal. It's got function rooms, so they've got you've got meeting rooms, but he opens at eight o'clock in the morning and he's built his breakfast trade for sort of like the you know sort of last couple of years. And his breakfast trade has got so many people in there, just a really nice atmosphere. And then it goes through to lunchtime, uh, where he's got his sort of real great salads out on the bar. And then in the evening, you've got burgers, pizzas. Uh, he's got this sort of um, these bifold doors that open up to his garden where he's got some pop-up um, sort of camper vans that he's kind of created for burritos and and sandwiches and toasties etc and and, you know I've spent loads of time in that business at various different times and and there's always a great team on and yeah I love that business for everything that it stands for so Adam's Adam the manager there has done a great job and then the second one I have to say is I don't know if you know it but law of the land for a great Sunday roast what was that 
it's in um, Fitzrovia, and um, I'll, I'll let you uh, hunt it out. But um, I think it's still closed. Actually, it hasn't it hasn't opened since lockdown. But Mikey, the chef there, oh my god, he does some amazing food. Um, and I think Guy, um, Giles Corrin went there recently. Sorry, before lockdown, and I wrote a really great article. I'm not going to tell you who owns it because. Um, it might actually put you off, but I think if you go there, have a really great experience uh, and then find out who owns it, you'll be quite surprised. And it does a good range of beers as well. Do you know, I know exactly where that is because the studio that I usually do the podcast in is round the corner. Oh, wow. I didn't know that's where it was. Ah. Okay. Well, that is one to definitely um, hunt, hunt down, right. especially on a Sunday as well. I'm now intrigued who owns it. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> oh god you, well I may as well tell you it's uh, Guy Ritchie and David Beckham oh is it it is yes oh, is that alright oh, okay Not and that the, the chef they've got in there is amazing oh I'll need to check that one out and then the final thing is best drink what's the go to drink for you oh dear I'm going to say a nice uh, refreshing glass of Shenin for me nice, nice. yeah Otherwise, I was going to say chai, but yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, because I'm brought up with it. We try, yeah, a nice glass of Shenin, I'll say. Brilliant. Okay, well, listen, I better let you go. We're uh, six minutes over, but it's been an amazing chat. And Thank you very much. Time. Um, you know, it's great. And hopefully we'll catch up soon. And um, I, yeah, I just wish you well with everything that you're doing and, and for the team as well. And wish you back to full strength for Christmas. Like what? Yeah, likewise. Stay safe, Mark, and thank you very much. And uh, yeah, I'll speak to you soon. Thanks, Kieran. Thanks so much to Kieran for being on today, and Boris the dog, who was there throughout our chat as well. I wish Kieran and the team well for Christmas 2021 and beyond. Thanks to everyone who listens, subscribes, shares, rates, and reviews, and keep those posts coming in through Instagram and LinkedIn and email and. All these things I really love hearing from you. So thanks to everyone who's taken the time to write to me every single week. Thanks to Engage Interactive for being our headline sponsor. If you need anything digital, social, tech in a customer-facing way, don't forget to get in touch with Alex Engage Interactive and he and the team will sort you out. Also, thanks to BDO for being our premium partner. If there's anything you need from them, get in touch with Peter Hemmington who is the head of the UK and he will be able to help you with anything financial and assist you with any mergers and acquisitions that you might be thinking about. Thanks to Gaz and Gabby for putting the podcast together as ever. So this is me, Mark McSee, signing off. Bless you. Thanks for listening. And I hope that this episode gave you some real value to help your brand boom. Boom.